0: Hi and welcome to GMI, the Guitar and Music Institute podcast, episode number 34. My name is Jed Brocky, and today I'm talking to Andy Squires, otherwise known as Terso Voice. Just over a year ago I bumped into Andy when I was on holiday, we started chatting and it turned out that he was a singer-songwriter who was on the verge of releasing an album. At that time The GMI podcast was running a series of podcasts aimed at musicians who were trying to move from the physical world onto the online world. So now that we're just over a year later, I thought it would be a good idea to go back and talk to Andy and find out exactly how his campaign with his new recording went. And I've got to say, if you are thinking about releasing an album but you're not so sure, then please, please listen to this podcast. As always, by just listening to this podcast, you can go to the gmiguitarshop.com and receive 15% off our large range of guitar related products. All you have to do is when you get to the checkout add this code: capital G, capital M, capital I 01. If you go over to the Guitar Music Institute website at www.guitarmusicinstitute.com, you'll find links to our shop directly from there as well as the code. So, coming up now is my interview with Andy Squires, otherwise known as Terso Voice. Well Andy, I hope you like that big build-up on the intro. It's been over a year since we've spoken, we did say nine months, but uh, I'm sorry about that. How are you?
1: I'm really good, Jed. I'm really good. Really glad to be back and uh, chatting to you about, about stuff in the album and how's it gone and all
0: that. Well, I'm incredibly excited about this interview because you were part of our Musicians Moving Online. Try saying that when you're drunk. And it was just so fortuitous that uh, I met you. And from there, found out you were releasing an album and it was at the part of the whole endeavor or project where you hadn't really quite started out. And you are now going to tell us, or, and all the listeners around the world, exactly what's happened in just over a, a year. Or so you go under the moniker Terso Voice. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you do some chatting all about it. And I'll pop in occasionally with some daft questions. How does that sound?
1: Sounds good, yeah. Sounds great.
0: The album. Tell us about the lead up to it and just take it from there Let's we'll see what happens.
1: So the last time we spoke, I was—I think I was just at the be- at the start of releasing it. I think I would got a release date out, etc. So I'd got a few gigs and stuff like that planned for, for the release. A little bit of a local buzz going on, things like that. Obviously, I'd got my—you know—I'd got the album, which which had taken sort of a year and a half to put together. So it's kind of like it doesn't really. Nothing like that really exists until until you sort of present it to the world, and then suddenly, hey, it's here. And but yeah, it's taken x amount of years to sort of put together and actually, you know, from conception to you know actually getting your stuff together so you can actually go to the studio and record it, and then making that happen and writing songs and and saying, oh, "I'm going to do an album," and then and then etc. So there's lots of different elements to. The album, you know, I, 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 as far as I can see, because first of all, it's like for me, it was a massive deal just doing the album to say to myself, because I've always been in various different bands playing with other people. And f- for me to actually do a solo album with my sort of, you know, with my soul on the line, as it were, was a huge deal for me just to even finish the album. Like we said in the other interview, you know, there's, once you've done that, you kind of, you know, you've climbed that sort of little hill, and then you think, well, I can go a little bit further and climb a different hill. Which is, let's put, let's put it together and let's, let's actually make a product for this, so we can we can present it to the world. We can give it a name, which is what I did with the name Tersel Voice. I just kind of wanted to do something a little bit ambiguous with that and have some freedom. And I'll, I'll sort of I'll come on to that a bit later when with the name because I've I've had a bit of an idea of what I want that to be now, and I. have I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't have done the album. So it's kind of like a, yeah, it's chasing its tail a little bit. But yeah, so so I released the album and... It was it was brilliant. I did a few um gigs sort of around the north where I put on nights and I had a few sort of people playing before me and then I played.
0: So sorry, and just for for our listeners, when you say the north, you mean around the north of England?
1: York, Leeds, that kind of Manchester okay. kind of area.
0: And and then the lead up to that, you didn't just release the album, did you? You would have done some PR or promotional work before that?
1: Yeah, totally. Like so what I did, I contacted a PR company about maybe a month and a half before I actually released the album, got some prices and stuff like that. And they were like, okay, well, it's going to be this much money and we, we need this much time. And they actually wanted a little bit more time. They wanted three months to do a campaign. And I guess, you know, in a way that was kind of, you know, that's fair enough and that's the right amount of time to do it. So that's probably in hindsight, maybe something that I could have worked on. But, but they sent me a list of the people that they were going to contact. And it was kind of like, it was all online and none of it was a major print or anything like that, or national papers. It was just literally just online, um, like bloggers and stuff like that. So, and it was like £600 a month for the three months campaign. So I thought about it and I thought, well, hang on a minute. You know, I want to release the album, I want to just get it out there. And,. I contacted people independently of the company and just uh, introduced myself. You know, just got said, could could I send you some stuff to be reviewed, etc. And they said, yeah. So like, I think it was like four people out of ten that they'd sent on the list said that they would do it. So I sent them the stuff myself, and yeah, I got I got like three reviews prior to the release. Um, I got like about I think it was like four or five websites that put it on their like new new coming out releases things um, sites with a review. And and I was like, well, this is pretty cool. You know, I've done that myself. That's that's good. So I did that. And then um, there was a. I have a connection with BBC introducing anyway. So they they got involved as well, and they were like helping me out. They said oh, this album's come out. They had me in for a session just after the release. So I did a BBC introducing session in York with um, Jericho Keys, and I played three tracks off the album and then, and then a cover as well. So that was brilliant, you know. That was a lot of exposure that I, you know that I'd sort of mustered myself without getting crazy and getting sort of spending a lot of money. And
0: that must be one of the biggest problems, isn't it, for new bands getting into a lot of debt because these PR companies they can charge the earth, can't they?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you really want to do something and you really, you know, you put a strategy together and you, you know, that's fine. You know, it's, it's pro- you know, it's money either either well spent or not. But the way I looked at it, I thought, well, I'm paying them six hundred quid a month to. Them to send it to someone who might not like it, or might not want to do it, or might just not have time. I thought, well, I'll just send it myself. And so I started looking at like different places where you can sort of submit things. And I came across a website called submithub.com. So you pay a, you pay a credit, and I think it's like a pound for a credit, and you get like a few free credits sometimes, things like that. And you you you've got you upload your tracks and a little blurb about yourself, and you send it directly to um, online bloggers and like you know music reviewers and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so I did that, and I th- and I got loads of rejections. So I was just like, okay, that's that's fine, you know, like you know, not everyone's gonna be my music's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea. And then I got a, I got one from um, a website called Indie Folk Central. They've got a massive following on YouTube, and so they said, well, we re- we really want to put you one of your tracks, Angel, on our um, on our YouTube playlist for December, which is when my album was released. It was like two weeks after my album came out, and it went on there. In that month, it got two hundred and forty eight thousand views. Wow, which was just like. And I paid a pound. <laughs>
0: oh, you paid that much? I know. <laughs> oh, they, they, they always say that Yorkshiremen are tight, aren't they? <laughs> I,
1: I couldn't believe it. So light bulbs were going off of me at that point, and I thought, well, this is brilliant. So I did it again, and I got another website that's put it on theirs, and that was 7,000 views. And then um, Mr. Otter Music put it on his and that got 83,000 views. Wow.
0: Now, uh, can, I, can I just ask you the big question in my mind, and maybe in some of the people who are listening in, especially those who are singer-songwriters, but that's a lot of listens. Has it had any material effect on sales, do you think?
1: Those months, months that it was on there, my Spotify monthly listeners went through the roof for that month. It's weird because that particular tracks had over like thousands of, of views. But the other tracks on the album haven't, so it's kind of weird that you've you've got one track that people are like, oh, I love this, but they're kind of not following through onto the other tracks, which is which was a bit weird for me because I was looking at the stats for uh, Spotify, and that's kind of not really sort of correlating a little bit, which which was.
0: Gonna just say that you know when I through GMI release a series of videos, you always find the f- the first video in the series gets by far the highest amount, and then you can't understand why they don't then go on to the second video or the third. I uh, Granted, not everyone that watches something that I put out would want to go on the second one, but it is surprising how quickly the fall off.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know if that's just to do with people's attention spans or, I, I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe. <Yeah. laughs> but
1: if it's me, I mean, I, I sort of go, I like to sort of meander down that path of, of if I have discovered an artist, I'd like to sort of see what else they've done. And, you know, and if usually if it backs up what the my first initial reaction was then I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's really cool. And, and I'll follow that through with a purchase or at least, you know, I'll be listening to them.
0: So so you're getting 250,000 views. You must have at some point inside your noggin thought, I might have cracked it here.
1: Well, it's kind of weird because I've listened to music over and over and over and over again and not purchased anything. But then again, I did purchase a record. There's a band called Roy Rogers from, I think they're from Portland. And the guy who mastered my album mastered their album and that's how I heard them. And it took me about seven months to buy their record. And one night I was kind of just on the internet. I thought, I'll just buy it, I'll just buy it. And it ended up costing me like $40 because I had to pay the you know the import tax. But I got it and I was absolutely blown away with it because I got it, got it on vinyl. And it was amazing and I'm really glad I did that. And so to answer your question, not really. It didn't really do anything to the sales of online sales. And I did lots of Facebook campaigns, and I paid for lots of Facebook ads around the time of the release. And I made some really cool videos.
0: Well, that's interesting. Tell us about that—the fa- the whole Facebook thing.
1: So, like, like I really, I really like it because it's just really user-friendly, and it's kind of like you pick your budget of how much you want to spend, and you can you get instant feedback about where your audience and how they're engaging, and if they're sort of if they're clicking on links and stuff like that. I made some videos myself on um, just on iMovie you know, on my computer. Cause I made videos with final cut a few years ago, but then I, I lost it on my computer. So I started using I, iMovie. Okay. I just love it. It's just, it's so easy. So I made these cool promos and I got this kind of like this image is coming through and I got a bit of my tunes and I put a few reviews on it and it looked brilliant. You know, it looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, this is wicked. You know, I've, I've, I've not spent anything. This is ace. And so I put them on Facebook and I did some, I did, I did a little bit, I, I set aside, I think it was like 150 quid as a budget for you know, for some ads and stuff.
0: So sorry, before you go on, what were you expecting for that? What did you want from that one hundred and fifty pounds?
1: Just awareness. That's I didn't think it would turn into anything I didn't think I'd get that back in in sales. That wasn't my initial kind of, you know, intention. It was it was purely just to sort of get awareness around a, uh, a product that was coming out, you know, a, mu- a new new musical act, basically. Because cause I was, I'm was, i totally aware that before I released or did the album, nobody knew who I was. No one, because tersel Voice did not exist until I did the album. So I did the album and then, you know, then I started gigging it, really. It wasn't like I gigged it, I gigged it, I gigged it, and, and it was like, oh...
0: You know, do an album, man. (laughs) No one's smashing your door down, yeah.
1: (laughs) Please, you know. know, I was quite aware of that, so it was just basically just awareness, really, of the name and of the music, really. That's all I wanted. So I was quite happy to sort of throw that money in there and say two
0: hundred and twenty dollars, two hundred and thirty dollars.
1: Yeah, something like that. I thought, why not? You know, let's let's see how the how this Facebook um, ads work and. And it was great. You know, I got lots of feedback and people I made a really cool thing at the end of the video, which is um, if you if you go onto a website called smart URL, I think it's I think it's dot com or dot org or something. And you basically when you're you if you've got all the, the URLs for all the places where your album can be bought. You can put them all together on one of those cool click click link things. So, like, I was watching those videos that were coming out before my album came out, and they all had this really cool thing at the end. And I was like, Wow, well, how did they get one of them? I want one of them because it, at the end of the video, it's like it says Spotify, iTunes, iMusic, um, and so basically, yeah, I made one. It was free, and I just put it at the end of the video. It was
0: brilliant. That's fantastic advice, Andy.
1: So, like, you, you know, it, if you watch like really really professional, all these videos that were coming out before mine. I was looking at them going, how did they get that? Where did they get that from? And I found it and it was free. How did you find it? I think smart URL, which is the thing that just ties everything together. So it's just like a really neat shopping sort of page. So it's got all the things on it. They have a little, like a little banner at the bottom of these videos, these music videos and and i was just like ah oh, sweet i'll i'll just i'll i'll just click on and see what's going on there and yeah i made one it looks cool
0: no just to tie a few things together cuz you just threw in as an aside that you were on spotify i know also know and we're going to talk about in a minute bandcamp so you've got this album on quite a few outlets haven't you
1: well i distributed it through cd baby so they distribute to spotify apple music and itunes so it's on those it's on deezer but they're the sort of main four that it that it's on then it's on bandcamp and then it's on my own website and obviously it's on the Facebook page and it's on Amazon it's for sale on Amazon it's for sale on vinyl in so that's the online side yes that I did through CD Baby
0: that's fantastic they're really good CD Baby aren't they they're
1: they're brilliant i mean they just make it so easy the stats that you get back from all of the partners that they work with are, are incredibly useful because the demographics of where it's been played and who's buying it and who's listening to it is just it's just really useful information not necessarily for this album it's like you do an album and it's going to break the world it's like you know you do that if you if you're jeff buckley and you've been given a million dollars and you're incredible and it was the right time to make that album and without that album the world would have been you know slightly
0: a lesser place
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) if you you know if you're a singer songwriter who is not that and you really you know you've got something that you believe in then CD Baby just offers a just a really 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 good service, and I, and there's others out there as well like TuneCore, but I chose to go with CD Baby for my own reasons. You know they pay weekly as well, and I've been getting paid from YouTube videos, Spotify, um, and Deezer. You mainly Spotify and YouTube though.
0: So Spotify, are you eating out on that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I might have bought a packet of crisps.
0: (laughs) You've made that (laughs) much from Spotify that you Uh, could buy a packet of crisps. I know. (laughs) But they are giving uh, people awareness of you. They always go on.
1: I think, yeah, I think we we did touch on it before, didn't we, on Spotify and how it's really good to sort of discover and listen. And uh, most of my friends listen to Spotify, have it on, have the playlist. And it is a really, really good platform for kind of just that easy access to just a wealth of music and I think that's, you know, to be on it is really, I really like it and I got myself a little artist blue tick straight away you know, doesn't mean anything really it's just like, okay, you know, I'm a verified artist on
0: Spotify. Andy, it would mean something to your mum.
1: Well exactly, you know she likes, she uh, she probably doesn't even know what Spotify is to be fair <laughs> um, if you're listening I'll, I'll hook you up
0: <laughs> <laughs> But then to go from Spotify and all this digital stuff to listen Cost nothing and they can flick away it in an instant. I'm interested in what you did with vinyl, which is a completely different proposition, and amazingly, people actually have to part with cash. To get their hands on it.
1: Just to tie into the Bandcamp thing. Bandcamp. So I put it on Bandcamp and Bandcamp's completely you know, your your platform. You decide how it looks. You decide what the prices are. You sell. They take a really, really small amount from sales. Don't think they take it. I don't, don't quote me on this, but I, I don't think they take anything from digital and they take a bit from... Anyway, it's very small. So I got the vinyl done and then I got some like little product shots done, which I, I did myself. Again,
0: you're a graphic artist, aren't you?
1: I am not. All right. But what I did do is whenever you get like a new album out and you see it on these like Apple Music, they've always got the vinyl on top of this kind of white sort of sheet that they use for photography. So I was like, ah, I want I want that for my album. How do, I get, <laughs> how do I get some of that? So I went to Jessup's shop and I, I, they gave me a piece about, about two meters and then I set my vinyl upon it and I took some product shots myself with my iPhone. And uh, they look great. So I did that. And then I put my on Bandcamp. And so, yeah, the vinyl is, it's one of them things. It's like, it's not cheap. And I've not quite covered that cost back yet.
0: So can you, can you tell us how much that cost was and how many you got made up?
1: I paid, I think it was about maybe £1,500. So like eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars 1900 or something like that. And I got 300 done. And I got them done in Germany at a company called uh, Optimal, Optimol, I think it was called Optimal, who were recommended to me the best because they listen, they really listen to the, the music before they do the um, they do the cut. They decide whether they're gonna it's kind of forgotten it all now because I was I was so into in the game when I was doing it, I was really geeking it up. And they were kind of say, you know, there's a big company in Czechoslovakia who are brilliant, but my mastering engineer said, if you're gonna go with anyone pay that extra 200 quid and go with Optimal. And they sent me five test pressings, which were just, if you've ever sort of wanted to achieve anything in your life, for me, there, there's nothing else I wanted to do in my life than open my own vinyl and stick it on my record player, my Riga Player 3, and listen to it and be like, whoa, that is just, wow. And for me, that was worth it. And the thing is with the vinyl, is which is what I've found over the, over the year, because I've still got I've still got a few left, but I've sold quite a few boxes of them now. So the wall of boxes of vinyl in my bedroom, which my wife loves, uh, (laughs) is slowly going down. I was
0: going to say, are they under the bed? (laughs) Books, CDs, and vinyl.
1: (laughs) They're at the end of my bed, just like,
0: yeah. So you sell them on gigs, Andy?
1: Gigs is where they get sold the most. So this this is what I found this year. I put them in, they're in Rough Trade Records London, which was hard to get in. So I I contacted them and said, you know, I'm independent and I've released an album. Can I put it in your shop? Sailor Return kind of style, which is the the way that people would accept it in a record shop in this country. And they said, well, not really. We'd have to listen to it first kind of thing. And I was like, OK, cool. Um, So I sent him a link to the to the album. And they said, yeah, brilliant. We'll stock it. So they stock they stock a, a few records, and then if I sell when I you know sell, them, they ask me for two more, and then they keep they keep it like that. Uh, Piccadilly Records in Manchester, which is huge, been going for years. Incredible vinyl shop, online and the shop in Manchester itself. I went to I went there and and spoke to them in person and showed them the vinyl, let them have a listen to it in the shop, and they said, yeah, we'll stock it for you. And they wrote a really cool review. Oh, it was brilliant. It was just you know they they if you. Like when I used, to, I've, I've got quite a lot of vinyl and when I used to buy vinyl, you know, all the time, I'd go into these places and I'd listen to the recommendations and I would buy, it. you know, I just don't buy as much as I used to do when I was younger. But, you know, that's kind of where I used to find new music. So for them to sort of review it and have it in their shop under the banner and on the website, because it's on the website Piccadilly Records, my records on there with the review. It's in Jumbo Records, Leeds, which is huge. And in um, Rough Trade in London all of which I did completely independently. I didn't need a distributor. I didn't need anyone to do that. You just, I just contacted the record shop. They were absolutely brilliant. They reviewed the album and they put it in the shops. Amazing. My, you know, okay, I'm not going to get an HMV in this country, but that's fine by me. I mean, the independent ones, the ones that I, as a music lover, would care about anyway.
0: So would it be fair to say you've sold uh, about 100 albums then?
1: I reckon, I think I've probably sold a little bit more, maybe like 140, something like that.
0: Okay, so you're almost cloned back your investment.
1: Yeah, it's it's coming back, but it's it, you know for me, it's I kind of sort of said I was going to really push it and sell it in a year, but then it's like, well, I, I'm not really worried about that because the albums, like like going back to what we said, the albums sell at the gigs like more than anything. It's re- it's crazy. Like you know, I'll do a gig and I'll have my vinyl on a little stand, and people just want to buy it. And I'm not selling them, you know, really expensive. I'm selling my vinyl at gigs for for you know ten pounds, which is absolutely you know fair enough i think i think it's a good price for a a, you know a well put
0: together album did you get t-shirts or anything made up as well i didn't get t-shirts i was gonna do that
1: but i didn't because i'd probably spent loads on the vinyl (laughs) (laughs) but i did get some uh risograph prints which is like a, a it's almost like a digital screen print with a few different colors um of the album cover uh, and it they're just absolutely beautiful. I got this guy to print them, and they're just amazing. They're just a really nice piece of art, and lots of people that at the gigs have, have taken them and, and framed them and have the, have them on the wall because the guy who did my um uh, album cover, John Owen, the graphic artist, is just it's just beautiful. So people just that was really nice because I got the vinyl on on the reverse board, so when you touched it, you could feel the texture was different. The artwork was beautiful. I'd spent a little bit extra on the actual physical vinyl itself so that I knew that it was going to be exactly the way that it was supposed to be in the studio. And all these things together, you know, it's like, I think you can get... I think I was a bit obsessed at the beginning about how, like, I wanted to sell all the vinyl in the year. But really, it's like, wherever I go now, whatever gig I do, I take a a few vinyl with me, and it's such a, a, a unique selling point of what I do now that people are like oh wow and just to know that because I sold like randomly I sold I sold loads of records to to guys in Germany like in this like month period I I don't know whether some listeners had listened to it on Spotify in Berlin or I sold loads of records to guys and I was going down to the post office and posting these records and I bought I bought a big pack of um, vinyl envelopes and I'd put them in, I'd stamp them, I'd write a little message, and I'd throw them in like a, a free print or a free CD or something like that. And so just to know that in somebody's record collection, my records in there, it's, it, it's worth more money, any money, it hasn't got a monetary value for me, because because I know how I feel about my records, the ones I've got that I've I've been so lucky to have purchased, that I could just pull them out when I'm in that mood, put them on the deck, and listen to it, then Those guys in Germany, I mean, you know, hats off, I'm so chuffed.
0: Actually, for anyone who hasn't seen Andy's artwork, you should check it out. It is absolutely fantastic. So, just to say, you are listening to Jed Brockie of GMI, the Guitar Music Institute, and I'm in conversation with Andy Squires, talking about his album, the creation of it, the marketing of it, and getting it out there. A couple of things I wanted to ask you, Andy. First thing was, what has been the most successful piece of marketing you've done? And the other one was, what was the least successful?
1: Okay, so, yeah, I think SubmitHub.com. Just that persistence with that, because I got a few knockbacks straight away. If you pay, because you can sub- you get free credits on it, and they don't have to get back to you at all. Whereas if you pay, they have to get back to you within 48 hours, which is brilliant. Because a lot of the guys were like, yeah, not really my thing. Thanks for getting in contact. Um, good luck. Brilliant. You know, not really their thing. That's really good. But the ones that did were absolutely, they they shot up my awareness, you know, into the sort of 200,000 mark, which for me was just like, whoa, that's crazy. So that, that for me was just brilliant. Really, really good. That with, I, I guess, approaching independent music bloggers and sending them in a copy of the album which I did, and I sent them, you know, I said, what would you like? Would you like a vinyl or would you like a CD? And they were like, whoa, I'd like a vinyl. And I was like, well, cool, that's worth a vinyl for me. That's that's great because when I got the vinyl, I got an extra 23, um, they've randomly shipped 23 extras. So I was like, sweet, I'll just use those 23 just to sort of, you know, give out basically. So yeah, that was probably the best thing I did. You know, set up my website, yeah, great. And the Facebook, Facebook thing was brilliant as well because I was able to sort of channel in uh, a lot of traffic into into the p- the places where they could either a listen to the music or buy it you know and if they didn't buy it then it was like not a bad thing because they might have listened to it which is also again absolutely fine um that and gigging so you, you, if you got if you've got an album coming out or you're thinking about doing it gig the heck out of it because gigging if you've got the product there and somebody's seen you and they like you they'll buy it there and then and it's it's Honestly, it's crazy. I did a gig um I think it was maybe a month and a half ago. I supported a guy called Josh Rouse, who's is big, big, big artist. Sold out gig, completely seated. I was the warmer packed, and I played to a full audience. Everybody was sitting down when I played, and I sold loads of vinyl at that gig. And they paid to see this other guy, and I, I came on the bill quite late, maybe a week before. And and I sold vinyl. I couldn't believe it. That Did you I was have se- enough
0: vinyl for uh, the amount of people who wanted it?
1: Yeah, no. I, I always take enough with me everywhere I go, just just in case. Take more. Take take. You know. And the thing is with the CDs as well is that I another thing to add to that is when I've done gigs, I've sold the CDs. But when I've sort of met people, I've given the CDs away. My CDs are like I view the CDs as business cards, and the vinyl. Uh, you know, I have to I have to sell the vinyl because it it costs me so much money. So yeah, that was the, probably the best thing that I did, you know, submit hub, getting it out there to sort of hundreds of thousands of people. If you go on YouTube, you have got um you've got these indie folk radio, that was one that picked me up. There's another guy called Alex Rain music I think he's called and he's he's like, you know, he's the godfather that guy, you know, you want if you get played by him, you know, you he's he's got like um, over a million subscribers. Wow. But- exposure amazing so keep that would be a really good thing if you're doing it just keep pushing at these people because they listen to it they get back to you it costs you a pound it's 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 money well spent i think
0: and what do you think people should stay away from
1: <laughs> the only thing to stay away from really is your own negativity towards not doing it or why you're doing it because like, i've i've released an album and it's it's completely sort of changed my life really Because now I'm I'm looking at another album now I'm I'm booking into the studio sort of March March April time to because I've I've like creativity just is flowing out of me now because I've achieved something that I never thought I could achieve and I I view this project this particular project Tersal Voice I want to do a three album series with it and then see what happens the first one was the acoustic was the stripped back. This is me sort of deciding that I'm going to do this and being as honest and raw as possible, which is what I did on the record. Unapologetically, a melancholy record was one of the things that someone said. Brilliant, amazing. Uh, another another thing that was said in a review was: if you spend your days sat in a catatonic state, daydreaming to Bon Iver's "For Emma, Forever Ago," then here's another bleakly beautiful album for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that review. <laughs> Uh, it's just if you're looking for party tunes or pick me up then this is not the place to be which which was great and then another one was as we approach the end of this collection uh, good men we're saved ambles in like a lost badly drawn boy and guy garvey duet 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 from some cold dusty room in manchester early in their careers brilliant thank you so if you're thinking of doing it like, this, this this, was the thing, Jed. It was like, if I was listening to this podcast and, you know, I was like, oh, I was thinking about doing an album. Like, inside me, I'd want to hear someone go, just do it. Like, literally, just do it. Because it's you can do it on your computer you can you don't have to go to a studio and you don't have to like wait for someone's permission to do anything so i think that for me it was the biggest thing was that i'd said to myself you've got the permission to release an album you know who do you think you are releasing an album was one one shoulder on spotify you at your age and then the other side was like what the let's do it and because i've actually done it it's i don't really care whether it reaches millions of people because the few comments that I've had, personal comments and on my website from people who said, this this music has, has, is beautiful, you know, you've really, thank you. Those limited comments are just...
0: What they're weight in gold, yeah.
1: I'm so grateful because, you know, that that's just lovely. And, you know, if that, if that review had hit the sort of, you know, major sort of music publications in Britain, if it have had a huge campaign, then, yeah, I'm sure that it would have had a massive kind of you know impact and that people would have bought the album and etc etc
0: exactly yeah
1: you know it it didn't and there's loads of really amazing music out there there is that isn't signed or anything you know sort of one of the tom robinson mentioned one of my tracks on bbc six music and played a little segment of bad to the bone which is my first track on the album and i was like that's just awesome do you know what i mean that's just really cool but yeah, it didn't sort of it didn't mean more to me than what I've heard from gigs and doing, you know, like in people who have bought my album and been like, man, this has really helped me or something, you know, like music does that for me. And it's like, now's the time really to sort of get, just get it out there because there's so much music out there now that if you didn't do it, then
0: you'd look back and regret not doing it.
1: Well, seriously, you will. And yeah, I think that goes for anything. Like I think we're our worst sort of enemies in terms of, well, I shouldn't be doing a podcast because what? Who? Who wants to hear what I've got to say? And it's like, well, y- you know, you've got a voice, you've got a, you know, you've got opinions. Just say, just do it.
0: And and yeah, and we have the the opportunity now. I want to ask you: Were you tempted? To try, have you seen these paid radio promotion things? Have you seen any of those? And were you tempted if you have seen them? You know, they'll get you to 1,500 radio, internet radio stations.
1: Yeah, to be honest. I think if you're going to pay for something, you want to make sure that it's not more than a pound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Well, it's pretty hard to follow since you had such success with that thing. Well, for yeah, a pound. yeah. You
1: know, it just makes total sense that if, if, you, if you've written, if you've done something that's, you know, of worth, like, if I don't know if you think it or not. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it has. Then someone who, the right person to listen to it will, will pick it up and be like, yeah, I'll play that. That's really good. And, like, I don't think... You know, for radio and stuff in this, in this, you know, in the UK, you don't really need to do that because if you've got a huge production company behind you and stuff like that, then yeah, they're going to push it into the right places, obviously, which is, which makes sense to do. But if you're not, if you've not got that kind of sort of backing, then just go through BBC Introducing because that's what that's for. And it's, you know, you've got the backing of, the British Broadcasting Corporation. It's huge, worldwide, loads of, loads of clout about it. And they've been nothing but amazing to me this year. They've played me maybe nine times this year. They've played every single track of my album at least once. So that's my nine-track album. They've had me in for a session. I've just done a Christmas crooning session with them for uh, Children in Need last Friday, which is going out this Saturday. And it's also getting played on... Um, on christmas day
0: i'm glad i'm interviewing you now because next week uh, maybe uh, maybe not oh yes <laughs> that is amazing but you know what really shines through more than anything andy is your enthusiasm for what you're doing and your determination to get it done and that's probably the difference
1: i guess if you you know if you if you are thinking about putting a track together the best thing you can do is to pick up a guitar and make yourself work that through and work work it until you're happy with it. And then if you feel like it's any good, then if you think about how much money you spend in a month on different things like drinks, or, you know, different things, or partying, or going out and having a few drinks, think the amount of money that costs. If you think, well, I'm going to spend two hundred pounds on this particular track because if I don't record it, it'll get lost forever, and then music's lost a track. And maybe it was good, maybe it wasn't, but. It doesn't matter. Like I, I was really inspired by a guy called Daniel Johnson, who worked in McDonald's in somewhere in America, and gave out free tapes. And he gave out a different tape every week. And he's absolutely incredible. His music is beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you know, if you make money for music, then absolutely, wow, you are. You know, you double bonus in because you did. You were doing something you loved. And you're giving it your all from your soul, hopefully. And you know you're making some money. Good for you. you know, if you're making money, brilliant. Like I've been doing this year, I started doing it like a covers gigs, uh, paid covers gigs. And I was like, oh, I don't play covers. now and I, I, I can do an hour and a half set of covers of my own stuff. And at those gigs, I've sold loads of my own albums. So, like, I used to sort of a little bit bit like, oh, I'm not doing covers gigs.
0: And now I'm like, wow, I get paid to sort of practice for an hour and a half,
1: and I really go for it, and it's brilliant.
0: So, Andy, you may, this, this may be a little bit too capitalistic and grubby around the money, but do you have a balance sheet in terms of how much you've spent and how much you've brought in? Even on a, a vague level, have you brought in anything near as much as you've actually spent on the project?
1: I think, to, to be totally honest, the, mu- the money that I spent on the studio, I've written off. Okay. Because I'm not interested in that money. That was between me and the studio. That money, it, I, you know, I never expected to recoup it. I never expected to even get to the end of an album. I just wanted to record some music, and I was willing to pay for that experience. And that, for me, was done. The money that I got from, you know, the money that I got for the, you know, the album, a substantial amount that I wanted to recoup, and I'm continuing to recoup that. Probably about, I think probably, probably, probably about half of it or something like that that I've recouped back now from, from actually just physical sales. People listening to music, handing over vinyl, getting some money, putting it in a pot, counting it up. And that's basically the, the, the extent of my books where, when it comes to that all the money from that i get from a little bits of distribution stuff that comes through cd baby just gets held in a paypal account and i just keep it there just because i want to see what happens over a year which is brilliant but i'm not into that you know i'm not no no way am i in those kind of like selling out gigs
0: i was thinking more from the point of putting the money towards the next album in that sense
1: well this is it exactly so the money that's been recouped i'm hoping that once you put that money in if i can recoup that money and then put that money straight back into the project again then that is exactly what i'll do you know i won't be like oh i'm gonna be you know buy myself this i'll just put, I'll, I'll literally go and do another album because i want to do an acoustic album the next one's going to be a little bit more rock and then the third one's going to be electronic and that's the series that tersal voice will will give to the world because i've i worked on projects before that i did the acoustic stuff that were more rock and then I've, I, I did it i actually did an uh, electronic album about four years ago that i never
0: did anything with
1: I've got experience in all the different those genres and I'm going to tie them all together in this project. So yeah, I'll, I'll put it straight back into another studio session basically.
0: So that's quite interesting. Do you think uh, you might lose some fans that like their each each of the styles?
1: No, I don't think so really because it's th- there's already tracks on on the first album that are uh, leaning towards that kind of full band sound. There's two tracks on there that are full band. With guitars wailing and all this kind of stuff, it's so intimate and so personal. My sound, anyway, that it'll come through. I think in anything because I've I, when I set out the project, I set out to do the most honest kind of thing I could ever do. So I wouldn't, I would never sort of compromise that, you know. In terms of, it wouldn't matter really because I think that would shine through whatever I was doing, you know.
0: My penultimate question is: uh, Have you found which countries like you the most?
1: Germany. I've got some hot fans in Germany. Fantastic. Uh, uh Chile. <laughs>
0: it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it yeah. all the amazing though?
1: It's crazy. I like to think that some, somebody... Up a mountain. ...is listening to my music in Chile. It's just mind-bending. It's incredible, you know? Yeah, like in- England's been good as well. England's been really good. Lo- lots in London... Like really weird places, well, like you know, like Hornsey or like just strange places that pop up. That I'm like, wow, some guys or oh, girls listen to that, and that's pretty cool. But yeah, like you get a monthly stat report from Spotify, and it's just it's just really interesting. And it's like like again, Jed, it's like if I sort of just expected them then to buy my stuff, it would just be a bit like, oh, I, I don't know. I, the fact that they're just listening to it is enough for me. If I do sell stuff, then. I'm really happy about that. You know, that's great.
0: Every musician feels that. It's not so much people buying your records. You want to think that they actually listen to your music.
1: Well, that's exactly. And I do think about that side of it a lot. And I'm not completely naive in that. You know, I I might sound a bit kind of, oh, I don't really care. I just want to do it for the art and stuff like that. No, because I do, I've looked into the marketing strategies. I've looked into the Facebook ads and I've looked into online blogs and different things. And I've, I've had, you know, mild success with my little my little sort of fishing that I'm doing out in the net. It's, it's, some things are striking and it's really good. I also am completely aware that, you know, I've done an album and that I'm going to do another album. And then I'm going to build on that and do another album. And like a lot of people that I really, really respect in music, I've heard of them on the third album. And I'm like, hang on, what was the first album? Ooh, go back and listen. And so I understand that kind of journey of music, and I'm really, I like that. You know, a friend of mine is in a world music band called Kafire, and they're amazing. And they released an album, I think it was three years ago, or maybe, yeah, coming up to three years ago now, and they've just signed with a massive distribution company, uh, uh, a publishing deal, like big. Like, these are people who publish Bowie and people like that, it's huge. And it took them three years of solid work gigging, but the fact that they had an album out really, really helped them because they had A, they had something to sell, they had something to market, and they were able to build on that album. And now they're gonna they've got a second album ready to go. And hey, it's all just slotting into place. It would not have happened without the album or a single or anything. You need something to sort of build on. If it happens overnight, wow, you've like pat on the back. That's amazing. Like crack the champers, you've, you've nailed it. But it's not for everybody else. It's It's putting it out and having a consistency thinking, oh, I was really into that band last year. What are they doing? Oh well there's so many oh I'm into this band now. But the ones that you really, really, really like, you will wait a few years for the next album. Because you they touched you in you know, they really did on a deep level. And if they did, you'll wait for the next album. And that's how it builds and it's you know, it does you've got to play the long game in this, I think. And that's how I'm looking at it.
0: Just to end on Andy, when are you gonna start the recording process on the second album? March. March?
1: March, yeah.
0: Have you, already, start... have you already got that booked?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've booked it, yeah. I, I, I've I booked three days, and they're going to be my initial starting point for a completely fresh project. And as I walk in the studio doors, the same, I'm going to use the same studio because I, I just fell in love with it. I'm not the same person anymore because I've done the album. So I'll, I'll have a, a little bit more freedom to do different things now. Because of that album, because of that whole process of, ooh, what's my artwork gonna be? Or oh my god, I've got to come up with a name for this project, or what's this track called? To so the oh, shall I go shall I get it pressed in Germany? Or shall I go really cheap? Or and it's just you do things and you look back and you think, Wow, I'm so glad I did that because I I, I had the guts to do it and I, I believed in myself enough to do it. And not in a crazy stupid way, you know, like, oh this is a, this is like a what did someone say to me? Like, I think someone said something to me. It really affected me. They were like, is this like a vanity project? And I was like, No. Like, this is music, man. This is not this is this is nothing to do with me or my ego. This is music that has come through me and needs to be released out. And that's pretty much the only stamp I've got on it, is that I just said, okay, let's go to the studio. The rest of it was out of my hands. And it wasn't my there's no way that I could have the right to say no to it, because that's how I feel about music. If music comes to you, then let it happen. Or, you know, you've got no right to stop it, I think.
0: It's been absolutely brilliant, as always, talking with you, Andy. And thank you so much for sharing with the listeners. You know, a lot of people learn things, but they hold them in. But you haven't done that. You've told people the things that have worked for you. And I I know there are many songwriters that listen to this podcast and they're going to love the information you've given and just to hear that I'm sure there'll be a lot of similarities and because singer songwriting it's it can be kind of a lonely game and there's so many people out there just so many singer songwriters and I think to what you've had over 300,000 listeners listeners to your music that is uh, amazing just from the initial I want to record some tracks.
1: Yeah it's it's incredible and like I said a minute ago it's just now you're in a different place because i was in a place last year where i didn't know anything about having an album out but now i know a little bit more about having an album out and so that in itself is just that information for your mind is absolutely incredible just to do it and succeed in things and fail at things equally you're going to learn from both of those experiences i'm going to learn more from when i things that didn't work than things that did work and just to have it out there bubbling away people discoverable i think that i think is the best thing is because people are looking for music and if people are looking for that particular type of music then they might discover my music and they might like it and that's really cool that's brilliant i'm in this the big sea of music i've i've jumped into the big sea of music not i'm not stood on the side looking and going oh i fancy a dip i'm in there you know, it's great. I'm in there flowing around and I'll put some more stuff in there next year and I'll just keep doing that now. And I think that's that's what the main thing I've learned, you know, yeah, okay, if money comes brilliant, then rock and roll, you know, that's awesome. But the main thing for me is meaning and the, the meaning that I've got from actually doing it is worth more money to me than anything because because I really, really feel that on a deep level. And if you're a singer songwriter and you've, you've got a voice and, you, and it, a song has come to you then you've got an obligation, I, I believe, to to record it and put it out there because you don't, you, you've no idea that I might hear that and it might save my life. That particular music, it might save my life in some way. And you've got no obligation to keep it to yourself. You have to pass it on, and that's the nature of music, and that's why it's so beautiful and just absolutely chuffed to be talking to you again, Jed, about you know this a year later. After having all the experiences of gigging and putting it out there and trying to get it together and thinking, oh, I'm am going to be a music marketer myself, and, or oh, I'm an artist, oh, I'm uh, I'm just the artist, I don't know anything about music uh, uh, promotions. But then it's like, well, I'm going to make a video and just see what happens. It's just like, it's a really exciting game. It's beautiful and amazing. And there's too much blooming emphasis on oh, I'm going to get a deal, I'm going to be huge. It's like, no, you're not if you do wow then you're really lucky and that's brilliant but again it's all to do with meaning if you're doing it you will get so much meaning out of it your life will be happier and you you'll be smiling on the inside because you took the plunge and you did it and you're in there with everyone else and that's brilliant you know that's that's what I've learned the most more than this that the other it's like bring it on
0: Andy thanks for your time and thanks for sharing that with us.
1: Totally welcome Jerry it's been awesome speaking to you again Yeah. love you man.
0: Well that's another podcast finished I hope you found it really interesting Andy Squires is quite an individual talented not just in music but he obviously has a great idea how to market his music and that really comes through loud and clear and his enthusiasm for art and music and getting things done really shines through. I hope you found that interesting and if you are a musician of whatever type that you're now considering doing some of the things that he's done if you haven't heard of them and it'd be great to hear your comments on how you get on. Thanks so much for your company. Please share and tell everyone about the GMI Guitar Music Institute podcast. It would be really appreciated. Until next time, from me, Jeff Rocky, bye for now.